years ago, a battle was fought and an empire was destroyed. Now, the saga will continue. You were expecting someone else? <laughs> If you see only one movie this summer, see Star Wars. But if you see two movies, see Austin Powers. That's right, Mr. Bigglesworth. We're back. Oh, behave. The spy who shagged me. No, Mr. Bigglesworth. No, bad catch. All right. Thanks for coming back to Franchise Fanatics. The place where you come to hear about franchises. I'm trying out new slogans. It's me. It's Cody Lindley. And it's Ryan Katmeyer. I have no slogan. I have no good slogan ideas. Stay tuned. We're going to keep we're going to keep spitballing some stuff. All right. And as we hinted at last on last week's episode, dun, 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 dun. Coming back into the ring is comedian, friend of the pod, Audrey Schiffhauer. It's me again. (laughs) She's the problem. It's her. Oh, I was going to say that. Oh, my goodness. Taylor Swift is so of the moment right now. Mm -hmm. I can't not hear someone say it's me without doing that. Mm -hmm. Me too. Brian's over here like, you guys heard about the Beatles? (laughs) Yeah, in my very thick southern drawl is how I talk (laughs) about the Beatles. Beatles. (laughs) I've heard of Taylor Swift and her Eras tour. Mm -hmm. She was at Soldier (laughs) Field. I did not go, but she was there. That tour has a lot of sponsors, which leads me to guys. Who should we be sponsored by this week? Why make trillions when we could make billions? I'll toss another one out there for the fellows. We should be sponsored by Machine Gun Jubblies. That's what I'm going to say. I love it. I think that's that's one. That's one. Another one for the fellas. Another one for the fellas. Uh, Audrey. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just have to second that because that's what we used to say before every single show with my improv team, the teenagers. We used to say machine gun jubblies on three. And so <laughs> took me about a year to remember that that was an Austin Powers reference. I just was like, oh, that's a funny thing that we're saying. And then I was like, oh, that's from. And then I think I watched Austin Powers again and was like, oh, that's from Austin Powers. So I'm going to agree with that sponsorship idea. I love it. I love it. I am going to slightly change it up. I think we should be sponsored by Big Boy Burgers. <laughs> mm. Nice. That's good. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Hey, guys, thanks. Oh, man. So let's get into it. So obviously, this episode, we're going to be talking about this Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Perhaps I think the best of the subtitles, in my opinion. It's just like, I don't know. I like it so much. I mean, they're all great, but. Let's kick it off. Who yeah. wants to chat about the movie? Some initial thoughts, Ryan? Yeah, sure. I'll go. Um, yeah. Also, the the subtitle to the movie, obviously very close to the James Bond movie, The Spy Who Loved Me, mm. um, <clears throat> as we've kind of talked about. Oh, also, I, I should mention this in the last episode. I will get around to talking about this movie. Um, but we we talked a lot about like how some of the characters are named to be like pretty close to some of the bond girls and stuff. And like, you'd think a lot of vagina um, or like Felicity Shagwell are like pretty over the top, but there is a bond girl name pussy galore in what is 
There's also, you know, one of the more famous Bond movies out there. Chew Me, which doesn't age well, but that is her name. Mm-hmm. Oh. Chew Me. Mm. That's pretty yeah, on the nose. Then, <laughs> let's, let's not forget, if you're playing at home, is this an Austin Powers girl or a James Bond girl? Ivana Humpalot. <laughs> it's or Ivana. It's got to be Ivana Humpalot. Yeah. And I want a toilet made of gold, baby, but sometimes it's just not in the bag. <laughs> In case you couldn't notice by me uh, pulling that <laughs> quote out of thin air, I love this movie. Uh, I don't know what it was about sequels when I was a kid, because we talked about this with Back to the Future 2, but I think I like this one better than the first one. Uh, yeah, this one, it's just, I think it's got even more jokes. It's got some new characters uh, that we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah, and I think, again, it just really drills some of these jokes, like, Really, really home. Uh, we'll talk about those. Maybe I'll talk about a few of my favorites in the in the recap here. But yeah, this movie, this movie is great. It's uh, it's another great take on, um, you know, in like Flint and the Bond movies and like all the other sort of like spy noir ish movies that it's it's spoofing. Big fan. Yes, I agree. Um, I <laughs> my sink is making a weird noise right now, so I'm hoping that you can hear it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is like golden age of sequels. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's just one of the best sequels of any movie. And there are some movies where you're like, oh my God, yes, they're making a sequel. Like they're making another Jurassic Park. They're making another, um, I don't know. And then there's some girls where it's like, do we need Mean Girls 2? Probably not. But, you know, just like, this is such a good sequel. And it just kind of is like, assuming that you've seen the first one, assuming that you're along for the ride. And that you're ready to go. And they just hit you so hard with jokes right away. And again, another incredible opening credit sequence that just makes you like so excited for what's about to come. And if you haven't seen the first Austin Powers, then the opening credit sequence is a great indication of like what type of movie you're about to watch. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love this movie. I will say this was my least favorite of the three growing up, but that's because I had such a crush on Elizabeth Hurley. And when she uh, is no longer in this movie, I was very sad. But uh, obviously, the next time I saw it, I was losing my shit. It's very funny. Uh, Yeah, I mean, just (laughs) everything that I think of, or I guess like the whole picture of Austin Powers, when I think of it, it's like those newer characters. You know, I'll go ahead and say like, you know, mini me, fat bastard, like all those. I rewatched one and forgot they weren't in one until I rewatched. And I was like, oh, man. The sequel just introduces so much that is just so classic to the franchise. I think it's great. I mean, they're both great, but yeah. And those are my initial thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And it is crazy that a character like mini me that is introduced in the second movie is probably like, if you, if someone, if you're like quick name three Austin Powers characters, like I think a lot of people would say mini me and that's, and he's not even in the first movie at all. So that's impressive. I mean, yeah, I think, I'll probably talk about this more in the recap, but I don't want to forget it. I think this movie, it would have been so easy for relationships to get stale or just for them to do the same jokes. But like by introducing a woman who who is kind of a female Austin Powers by having many me, you even evolve like Dr. Evil and Scott's relationship and stuff like that. Like it really allows the movies to not feel stale in any way at all, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they really do let. Heather Graham, I think, do more and be more of a character than they allowed 
um, Elizabeth Hurley to be, which is fun to watch. Like when you're a little older, because you're like, oh, I, I do think she's a more developed character, maybe, and has like more of her own personality, which is cool. Oh, behave. <laughs> Not if I can help it. <laughs> yeah, I think they definitely give her like some funnier moments. And also like she is more of like a spy in this, too. Like she's kind of like the female equivalent of Austin in a lot of ways, which I think is like a much cooler comparison to like they talk a lot about. Uh, Vanessa in the first one and like how good of an agent she is, but I, I guess like they sort of show it, but like she's captured for a lot of it. And like, I don't know. It's just cool. Yeah, it's, it's nice to just kind of see. Yeah, in, in the first one, Vanessa's kind of the, the straight woman. And then in this one, Heather Graham, Felicity Shagwell uh, is more like like on the same level as a lot of the other characters in terms of like their personality and, and like skill and ability and stuff. Yeah, because like look at the intro that she gets. She gets her own dance sequence. She gets to slide down the mm-hmm. pole. She get you know, it's like you know, she like she's flirting with Austin and she's playing hard to get. She has her own like little backup team. Like she kind of gets her own couple of moments in the beginning to be like, oh, like we are going to learn a lot about this person and they are she's coming in hot. So that that was cool. Yeah, I mean, they definitely by like you they give Austin a mirror in a lot of ways that he gets to respond to, like how he does things. But like oh, what's it like now that A, it's a woman and B, it's a woman he likes, like him getting to have all these double standards, which we'll talk about in the three minute plot challenge. But yeah, it, I mean, she has a lot to do. She gets some really funny lines. Um, there's just like the very end of the movie that there's a couple of lines Heather Graham says, and she they I feel like they didn't get her best takes. She's like just kind of like smiling and she's like, here's my line. And I'm like, you were so good in the beginning of this movie. Um, still great, obviously. obviously. But like, yeah, she's tired. They did it all in one day. Um, but <laughs> yes. And then obviously we go to we, we mentioned it earlier. Mini me, Vern Troyer. So, so funny. I mean, the whole just like how he how he plays like it with just such physicality, like the whole scene where he's beating Austin up. Oh, my goodness. That is like the funniest fight scene. Yes, it's so it's good. So funny. Oh, my God. Made funnier by the fact that they're like in space or like about to be in space or wherever they are. They're like in like a hallway of a space. You know, they just it's in like the weirdest setting and they have the most insane clothes on. Like that makes it funnier. I, I like that he's kind of used as a tool to kind of fire up Scott a little bit more in this one, too, which is very funny. And like, yeah, obviously, like, you know, Burn Troy's got some pretty good physical comedy in here because he doesn't did he ever say anything um he just says the like one it. thing during uh the two of us where they're singing it to oh, each other you and i uh, yeah you and uh oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and that super deep voice which is very funny <laughs> uh and then last new character that i think's like oh, oh i'm sorry ryan do you have more basically was going to do the same thing you are so just finish it dude. <laughs> no uh we're talking fat bastard he's not as nice as we are to each other He's a bastard. I mean, (laughs) honestly, again, here's like, I think I would not like this with other actors in other movies, especially because the joke is just like, look how disgusting he is. And he's going to fart a lot. But with Mike Myers, he brings such a specificness to it. It's so, so funny. Also, it's like, you know. The precursor to the Shrek voice, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it, it is crazy. Sorry, just, ahead, no, I'm sorry. Just to, that he ended up being Shrek. 
because then when you watch that movie, you're like, oh, oh my God, this is just the exact same voice. <laughs> I got a crap on deck that could choke a donkey. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's not like a whole ton to say about this character. Uh, no pun intended. But uh, I, I, there is something interesting. Is is Mike Myers' dad Scottish or something? Because he does have like a particular affinity for playing Scottish characters. Um, I know like the character that he plays in a different Mike Myers movie, not to go too far off the rails here, but uh, so I married an ax murderer. Mike Myers plays his dad as a character and the, the dad is Irish. So I want to say he like does base a lot of those characters kind of like off his father or something. Maybe I just looked it up. It looks like his parents are from Liverpool. So they are from okay. the UK. So you're probably right. I mean, Jerry was exposed yeah. to a lot of that as a kid. Mm-hmm. He's also so good. He's just talking uh, accents in general. Sexy man, sexy man, eating light of sexy man can. So while we're not going to recast uh, this movie, since we just did it last time, I, I did want to toss out another game here. So in, if you were going to create a bastard uh, that wasn't fat bastard, what kind of bastard do you want? <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm kind of I'm going to say clump. I'm going to say clumsy bastard. Someone who's constantly fucking clumsy. (laughs) Like the physical comedy of that would be so funny. You get a great physical comedian in there. (laughs) I love how very earnestly you just like took a moment, Cody, where you're like, I've really been thinking about this a lot. (laughs) Well, because at first I was just like all bastard. And I was like, what's something that adds something to the character? No, it's just so funny how you said as, it. As someone with a theater degree, I have to ask, what's my motivation for this character? <laughs> oh, my God. Someone, after a show that I did on Saturday, someone asked us, they were like, so what's like the kernel of truth in the show? And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I don't know anything about the art form that I'm doing. I was like, that is the most intelligent question I've ever been asked after. <laughs> and I'm going to answer this question, but I do have to say the other favorite question I've ever been asked after an improv show was when I did a show with six guys and me unintentionally. It was cl- it was clued in, which is a murder mystery show. And it was me and six guys. And I got murdered in the show, which someone gets murdered in every single show. And after the show, someone went up to Alonzo and asked him who had been in the show, Alonzo Ramirez. And he, she said, so does the woman die in every show? And he was like, no, <laughs> I was like, no, it's an ins- what an insane <laughs> premise for a show. I hope that person was then like, well, then I'm not coming to see yeah. it again. <laughs> oh, well, that was my, th- my favorite part that the woman died. But <laughs> I would do Snack Bastard. I think that there are a lot of opportunities for snack puns. And like Austin Powers would have taken advantage of that. I'm assuming this would be like in replacement of Fat Bastard in the, sh- in the movie. So if it was Snack Bastard instead, there's just as like... <laughs> Like everywhere he goes, he has snacks. He uses snacks to kill people. He like wants to be paid in snacks, like <laughs> chips and candy bars. And he just always has them on person. But yeah, just like every single snack name and chip name, there's just puns and jokes galore. And as Ryan knows, every week that I come over to his house, I love snacks. <laughs> so I would want to be friends with this guy because he'd always have snacks. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. I want to see sick bastard. Uh, (laughs) I just want to see somebody like constantly 
like on the verge of keeling over. Not even it doesn't necessarily have to be gross. Just like always like has a box of tissues around. Also, I think it would just like you get a lot of mileage out of saying like, oh, sick bastard, like that kind of stuff. But also just to see somebody like so, 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 so sick. For the entire time, oh would just be very funny. That's hilarious. I, I at first thought you said stick bastard. I thought you said stick just, bastard too. I thought it was just going to be a stick figure that they cut to, <laughs> that they like redraw in various poses. <laughs> Unofficially chosen by the pod. Also, this movie. also stick bastard. Um, I will say there's one there's one person I would love to recast if we can think of it by the end of the podcast. We have a Felicity Shagwell since she's such a major character. Mm. Uh, I think the others, I think the okay. other main characters, you know, they're kind of all, you know, already playing by the same people. And stuff. We are sexy. We are sexy bitches. Yeah. Audrey, <laughs> I think that's all the new characters. So let me pull up my clock app. Okay. All right. Remember, you have three whole minutes. Okay. Great. One, two, three. Okay, Austin Powers is living in the 90s with his wife, Vanessa, and all of a sudden, oh no, Vanessa is a fembot? What? Everything from the first movie is totally canceled out. That's so sad. And then I think he kills her and like takes her face off, and it's insane. And then Basil is like, you have to go back to the 60s. Dr. Evil traveled back in time. He's now in the 60s. You have to go back in time to stop him. And he's like, okay. And then they have a part where he's like, so I'm going to go back to the 60s and Dr. Evil's going to be there and he'll be in the 90s, but he's in the 60s, but it's me in the 60s. And then Basil's like, I don't think you should worry about it. And then he looks at the camera and goes, and you shouldn't either. <laughs> Just, that was like, the, that was such a funny joke to me. Um, so anyway, Austin Powers drives that car and goes back into the 60s. He meets Heather Graham in a nightclub. She gets her boots are made for walk-in entrance. Um, she... Um, Kills the man. That's a man, man. She kills the man who it was gonna kill Austin Powers, and or and then Austin like jumps out of a window with him, which is insane. Um, and then they drive off in a car, and then um, yeah, they do a lot of fun stuff. They go on a really fun shopping montage. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Burt Bacharach, and they sit in the back of the car, and they you know do all that stuff. But Doctor Evil has um Austin's mojo. And so Austin like can't really do anything with his mojo and he like is doesn't understand why women don't find him attractive and stuff, but it's because he doesn't have his mojo. So he's going to stop Dr. Evil and also to get his mojo back. Um so then they get to Dr. Evil's lair, which I think is the Starbucks volcano in this one. Um and uh they're trying to stop him. They get captured. They get put into like one of those lava pits that is slowly separating. Um and then Austin like they, you know, it's again a, a very stupid bodyguard, and Heather Graham flashes him, and that, and then he falls into the um in the water or into the lava, and then Austin Powers like makes a bunch of puns, and Heather Graham's like, okay, okay, yeah, okay, let's go, <laughs> and let's go stop Doctor e stop Doctor Evil. Doctor Evil has his mojo; it like flies up into the air, and then there's two Austins because he like retravels back in time or goes back like ten minutes or something like that, and then there's two Austins, and he's like, you save Heather Graham, and I'll go. Stop Dr. Evil. That's when Dr. That's when Austin Powers and Minnie Me fight in the hallway. Um, and that is great. And then at the last minute, even though he had plenty of opportunities to shoot Dr. Evil when there was all that smoke, he doesn't try to shoot him until the doors are closed. <laughs> and it's Dr. Evil and Minnie Me and Mr. Bigglesworth in uh, the penis rocket and they get away. 
yet again, but Heather Graham is safe. And then I don't remember if they end up together. I'm going to phone a friend, Ryan. What happens with Austin and Felicity at the end? I also have to phone a friend, Cody. <laughs> All right, this is goddamn ridiculous. Okay, guys, so this is what happens. I watched this last night, so I remember. Um, Heather Graham is with Austin, but then past Austin and them have a threesome, which is how the movie ends. And we're at three minutes with that. Um, yeah, great job, Audrey. Great job. Cody. I will have to say Hell only yeah. one plot point I think did you bring up, which is from the first movie, which is the that's a man, baby. That's the first movie. The second movie, the person is the woman who just like refuses to die. Like he uses her to stop a knife, yes, a bunch okay, of bullets, okay. a bazooka. Yes. I, which absolutely who cares? But I did need to mention that because that scene, I was losing it last night at like she's like, the fall will kill us both. And he just moves her slightly. Yes. <laughs> Why won't you die? Oh, my other favorite thing is you mentioned the whole like Fembot thing, which was so funny. And then um Basil Exposition, when he calls him, he's like, oh, yeah, we all knew. Sorry, Austin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just kind of waving away. We knew the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was, that's great. Machine gun jubblies? How did I miss those, baby? Recap rating. I guess since I'm already chatting, I'll just pop into it. Recap. I agree. I think I like this one more than the first one. Like, it, it's great. I, I love the first one, too. But I'm going to give it a, a 4.5. Um, uh squad of female agents uh that can dance to fight um it's so funny like i said i could sit here and quote so much the younger characters like rob Lowe as young number two yes. is great um the fact that they just give the uh, michael york as basil just like a, a wig <laughs> and it's clearly the same age you're right audrey just the second that they turn to the camera and they're like don't worry about time travel we're having a good time <laughs> Probably the first time I saw that in a movie, too, is direct to the audience. I was like, whoa, they're talking to us. <laughs> Don't go there, girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll give this movie um, 4.5 coffee pot full of shit. <laughs> um, please tell me that's from the second movie. Yes, it is. It, it is. is. I just yeah, remembered that is. scene. Know, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit nutty. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, great movie. You know, I'm glad we're moving away from uh, which, like, obviously, we're all in agreement here. We're not trying to say like no one's trying to say this, but I'm glad we're moving away from like, it's very funny how fat somebody is because it's not. So, like, you know, I would not want to see Fat Bastard in a movie today. <laughs> so that so like, again, I have to knock something off because it's like, that's not great. But. Again, a near perfect movie, <laughs> like. Just so funny. Full of jokes, full of funny characters. And then so much of the movie is just like <laughs> wholesome, goofy, slapstick, funny comedy. Like who doesn't want to, you know, watch somebody like drink their own shit like that is just so, <laughs> so funny. Um, so, yeah, I'll give it a four and a half as well. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make it a triple. I'll give it four and a half out of five swinging pads. Uh, yeah, you know, this this movie, I think, like, you know, we'll talk about whether or not it like helped and hurt the franchise and all that in a moment. But I think it does just kind of, you know, take a lot of like the comedic elements from the first one and like kind of drives it a bit further and just like turns things up a notch to just kind of generalize it. So, yeah, I think uh, I think it's a great movie. Hell yeah. You're one groovy baby. 
baby. You want to go ahead and talk about whether or not it helped or hurt the franchise? Oh, let's do it. Uh, absolutely helped. I mean, it is all it's so funny. The additions are so good. And like I said, they really earlier, which I, I'm glad you mentioned that is like they introduced the right elements to twist the idea. So it's not just like like getting rid of a Vanessa is not just like playing to the trope of the fact that there's a different Bond woman in every movie. Like like who would have wanted to see Austin just be a tamed character in the second one? No, like he's single again. He, in fact, has his mojo stolen. Like these are great plot points that exist that like they they always you know, like the whole Scott affection when he finally turns around. He's like, I want to I want to be with you, dad. And it's like, nope. Now we have many me like so good. Um, I think that it definitely helped. It's hard because the only thing I can say that is a caveat to that is it helped them so much that they thought that they could make a third one. <laughs> and I, I'll let Allie uh, or, uh, you know, somebody else, you know, really voice their opinions on that. But I just think this was like it. This movie was so, so good and so funny. And I wish they would have been like, we did it. We made two incredible movies, but nobody does that. Like every film house is like, let's try to stretch this out as far as we can. And I'm not saying the third one is like bad or I have, I'm not going to talk about the third one. I just because we're not talking about that one. But like this one was such a high and so good that I think they were like, yes, and, and we'll keep riding this wave. And it's like, well, like maybe you don't do <laughs> don't do that. But like as a standalone this absolutely helped. I think it made Austin Powers a household name. It made Mike Myers even like like an A-list celebrity. Absolutely. During that time, because as much as we all love SNL and as much as SNL is popular to comedians like, you know, doing something like Austin Powers just really fully, totally put him even more in the mainstream. So like, yeah, it helped the actors in the movies. It helped the franchise. It just helped. It's like why we're talking about it today. And it's you know, I was able to recap that movie because I watched it recently, like last year, like for fun, you know, a year ago. And I'll probably watch it in a couple of years again just for fun. So that so it's a, it's just as good as the first one, which is hard to say for a sequel. Yeah, I, I definitely think this certainly helps the franchise. Um, I think it like in a lot of ways was bigger or maybe more pop. I don't, I don't know if it made more money, but I definitely think it was more popular, more talked about than the first one. Or maybe just as a continuation. But yeah, it definitely seemed like this was sort of like the heavy hitter out of, you know, the franchises. I think this is a franchise. And I think there's a few of them out there. But I think this is like one of those franchises where like not necessarily universally, but it's definitely not a minority thought to say that the second is better than the original. Um, and also, yeah, there's just like I mentioned, uh, I'll talk about a few of my favorite specific jokes where I think they just like really, really took things to the next level and made me laugh so hard was like, yeah, the penis rocket with all the puns where they're like, yeah, so it good. looks like a couple of, you know, it looks like a, a penis and some big nuts, hot, salty nuts, like that whole thing. And then, but I think the joke in this that really, really killed me was like the shadow play with the tent where like oh she's God. reaching into the bag <laughs> and then like, which like is is kind of funny, but then like you know, eventually she pulls out like an umbrella and like a stink bomb and, and a rat, racket. and like it just goes on for so long, and then it keeps cutting 
like the guards who were approaching them who are now just like unable to because they're so disgusted by everything that's going on. In, um, in that scene, yeah. when them when them getting they're getting out of the submarine and Heather Graham is in that white <laughs> bikini and she shakes her hair. He's <laughs> also in a white bikini and he looks so hairy. Just like that's such an easy joke, but it's so it's like it's so funny. I have to yeah. also give another mention to Will Ferrell in this movie with the three questions mm. scene where he's like, I'll never tell you. But he hates being asked things three times. Oh, so yeah. like he'll always <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he stops so to explain funny. how like Austin like asked him a different question. He's like, Well no, now you have to understand. You started a new question, which starts a new line of questioning. <laughs> it's it's so funny, so but, dumb. I mean it's yeah. You're quasi evil. You're semi-evil. You're the margarine of evil. You're the Diet Coke of evil. Just one calorie, not evil enough. So all that to say, big thumbs up to this helping the franchise, for sure. I think it's safe to say we all also agree then that we need this movie for the franchise. Big yep all around. For sure. Um, yeah. it, a little bit of what's the same, what's new. New, I think we get a lot of new characters and new relationships. And the same, I think we get like the format of good, just Joke, 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 joke. Those are the things that come mm -hmm. immediately to mind for me. Yeah. I, I think also we get a new environment or for Austin, a more familiar environment. Like the first one is like sort of in some ways like a fish out of water when he's like, you know, kind of coming to terms with the fact that he lives in the 90s and, you know, he like tries to put a CD on a record player and all that stuff and like is just listing off all his friends who are dead. Um, but in this one, like we go back to the 60s. And so, like, I think that's another environment, which probably also is, you know, why Felicity Shagwell is, is a closer character to Austin than what we see in Vanessa in the first one. Yeah, that's a good point. We see Austin in his element. And so much of the jokes of the first movie are like, isn't it funny that this guy from the 60s is now in the 90s? And same thing with Dr. Evil. You know, it's like one million dollars mm -hmm. in the ozone layer and all this stuff. And now it's these people in the time that they actually are. And the new thing we get is that Austin, who like totally relies on being like a sex bomb, is not anymore. And like, is you know, now he has to figure out mm -hmm. like what he is outside of that identity. So it's like, it's so heavily relying on the fact that we already know these people. And it's just letting us kind of be like, it's just asking like, what would happen if we put them in this situation and this situation? And, you know, um, but yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, totally agree. I would say. If we're ranking them so far, I'm going to have to go two and then one. Both very close. Both great. Doing one for me. I agree. And heavily because of Mini-Me. Like, it's just such a great character and such a funny addition. And the movie can handle Scott and Mini-Me. Like, it's not like it's too much plot, you know? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Burn Troyer is just so great. No. No, we don't gnaw on our kitty. Leave Mint no... Leave mini Mr. Bigglesworth alone. Yeah, I'm going to say two and one as well. Like, not by a large margin. They're both great. But I just think the second one is just, honestly, just, it's just funnier to me. <laughs> like, it just makes me laugh more. So I got to give the edge to two. Yeah. I mean, they bring back the jokes that they bring back. They bring back in new ways that work really well. So we have some familiar stuff. We got some, yeah. I mean, it's great. Ladies and gentlemen um, of the jury, exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Look, I'm Zippy Longstockings. Ugh, I can't. When a problem comes along, you must zip it. 
Zip it good. Did you guys, I don't know I, if you guys have had time or if you've thought of anyone, but I have a Felicity Shagwell. Do you guys have a Felicity Shagwell? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you go first. Perfect. I'll go first. Uh, Alison Brie from Community and Glow comes to mind. It's oh, a good one. Hey, thanks. Audrey, go next, please. Dang it. I said that I had one and. um. <laughs> don't worry, we can we can we can pass for a second. I mean, yeah. after all, he's. He's so good at casting. He's so good. Ryan, who you got? <laughs> Are you ready? We talked about it for a while. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're ready. Uh, I was going to say Alana Glazer. Um, oh, fun. Yeah, I just think, yeah, this can take on this character. You know, she obviously can play people who are like, you know, a little more into partying uh, and stuff like that. And yeah, she's just she's a she's a great comedian. I think she would add a lot of good comedic elements to this film. And she's great. Um, oh, I have one. Um, she's a little younger, but um, Haley, Haley from the White Lotus, um, the the girl that plays Tanya's assistant in the second season. Um, no, that's great. Yeah. She, I don't know how she would play it like sexy wise, but she's so fun and like energetic and Heather Graham is so bubbly. And I think she is too. What's her name? Haley. Joel. Okay. But Joel Osment. I swear to God, it is something like that, but yeah. Um, it would be fun to see her in that type of role. I love her. Hey, hey baby. Well, folks, thanks again for tuning in and tuning in to this week's uh, episode of franchise fanatics. Andre, anything else you want the listeners to to know or hear about before we wrap up here? Oh yeah, um come see the bar at Logan Square Improv. Um we have three shows on Fridays at eight o'clock in July and August. And um the dates really are just whenever you want them to be, because I don't know when they are. But um if we <laughs> I think it's the second three Fridays in August, but <laughs> Oh my goodness. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, this um, is a great plug. <laughs> and if you go to LSI anytime, just scream, we want the bar. We want the bar. Probably at any given moment, um, because it's a cast of like 14 people, two thirds of the cast is in the audience. That's a good point. <laughs> um, Haley Lou nice. Richardson yes, is the I name of the actress. Was like, it is something hyphenated, so I couldn't think of what it is. No, you're great. She's great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Audrey. It was a blast having yeah. you. Uh, first back to back guest. Very fun. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, guys, uh, come in next week and we'll talk gold member. I almost said finger gold <laughs> member. Gold member. Awesome. Thanks again, Audrey. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take care. Take care.